This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. By preaching from the books in the Bible that described God's wrath against Israel for abandoning the Old Covenant, and never preaching from the books of the prophets that spoke restoration, only one aspect of God was portrayed, and that was the God of justice. This God was a God that rightfully brought justice upon the nation of Israel, which constantly fell into idolatry, sacrificing to the idols of other gods with animal and even human sacrifice. God wants us to serve Him and Him alone. But by displaying one aspect of God and removing the true nature of God, a different God emerges. By portraying the justice of the loving God, the God that cared enough for us to have sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, this God becomes nothing more than a God of wrath. And this God of wrath played well into Branham's fictional stories regarding his journey into Pentecostalism. According to William Branham, his mother-in-law forbade his his leading her daughter into Pentecostalism. And because he listened to a woman instead of the God of wrath, Branham claimed that his wife and daughter were smote with vengeance. Caring nothing for the salvation and grace in the relationship between hope and the living God, this God of wrath ignored the cross to rip her life from her body in vengeance against this poor mother. And this new God overlooked the grace of the loving mother and the fragile life of a child. For the God of wrath, Calvary meant nothing, and Christ died in vain. This new God, the God of wrath, was displayed and uplifted when Branham started rewriting the story of Elijah. While the loving God mourned for the lives of the children of Israel being sacrificed to idols at the hand of wicked Jezebel, the God of wrath brought vengeance against cosmetics and hairstyles and other superficial things that could easily be applied to our day and time. That same God of wrath was being lifted into power so that it could condemn this world for cosmetics and bobbed hair, once again ignoring the saving grace 
that was given as a gift to all who believed in Jesus Christ. But there is a difference between the God that William Branham lifted into worship and the one true God. The God that Branham promoted looked on the outward appearance, from the long hair and long dresses of women to the covering of the leg skin of men. But this God of wrath also peered into the heart, not in the way that the loving God peers into the heart, but instead looking for ways to condemn. The God of wrath exposes sin and brings retaliation and causes its worshipers to live in self-condemnation for the sins that plague their lives. But the one true God looks at our hearts through Calvary. Christ is our mediator, and when God looks at us, he sees the cross. The one true God also hates sin, but he molds us and he shapes us as he lifts us up in grace. Each time we fall, he picks us back up to stand more firmly resolved. And none of us, not a single one of us is without sin. All of us are nothing more than sinners saved by the grace of the risen Savior. The one true God has a foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that while we are sinners that cannot save ourselves by works, we are saved through the gift of the God that lifts us up, the gift that God gave us. He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for sin. Christ came. He lived the perfect life that we could not live. And He suffered, and He bled, and He died upon the cross, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And He rose again so that we can rise with Him. And this was given to us as a gift, not by the merits of anything that we did attempting to deserve this. It was a gift of God, a gift of the loving God to his children. Now, simply by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, each one of us is a new creature. The sinful flesh that plagues us is of no consequence, and these earthly bodies will fade away. We're now part of the body of Christ, the one true God. We are one with the living God. The God of wrath has several requirements. Each new law rose into requirement, was nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ as a new distractor. As more and more laws became tacked upon the cross, our view of Christ was slowly replaced with the laws of the God of wrath. Over time, these laws were completely covered what was underneath, and it became necessary to look through these laws to see the cross. Once we became in this condition, to become closer to Christ, we must look through these laws. And while the one true God is lifted into power by our worship of Christ, the God of wrath was lifted into power by bringing more vengeance. As these new laws were nailed to the cross at Calvary, they resurrected many laws from the Old Covenant that Paul called obsolete. But while nailing Old Covenant law to the cross, many of these laws were overlooked, causing followers of the cult 
to obey part of the law, but not all. And by attempting to keep part of the law, and by breaking other parts of the law, we were breaking the whole law, bringing sin upon us. By the law, none of us can ever be justified. Paul said in Romans 3.20, For by the works of the law, no human, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But while the God of wrath looks to the law, the one true God looks at the requirement that was the foundation of the law. As Gentiles, we were not born under the law, but according to Paul, we must also fulfill this requirement. Paul said in Romans 2, 14-16, For when Gentiles, who do not have the law, by nature do what the law requires, they are a law unto themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the works of the law were written on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. It's Romans 2, 14-16. But the, the root of the problem is in the very first chapter of the book of Romans. The God of wrath that William Branham promoted is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. The same God of wrath that Branham claimed to have smote rope, hope and Sharon Rose is the same God being lifted into power by the Romans. It is the same God of wrath that ignored the truth about the gospel and turned hearts away from the cross. The God of wrath has one requirement. It needs a man to enforce. To lift the God of wrath into power, there must be a man to enforce the laws that are nailed to the cross. In doing so, man begins to worship the creation, the man, rather than the creator. Paul says in Romans 1, 18-25, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although... They knew God. They did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they had exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. It's Romans 1, 18-25. Those last words are amazing truth. 
Pope was involved in the youth ministry of the Pentecostal Tabernacle under Pentecostal pastor Roy E. Davis when Branham was the assistant pastor. Pope's mother did not invoke the vengeance of a God of wrath. And the God of wrath could never bypass the cross at Calvary. He could never do this to smite one of his own. The covenant of grace was established, and he, it could not be denied by God. But men exchanging truth about the one true God for this fictional story have lifted William Branham into worship. Branham himself is nailed to the cross. And for a follower to see Christ, they must first look through William Branham. Through Branham's filter, then they must look through the laws that are nailed to the body of Christ. Only by looking through the body of a dead prophet and the laws that he nailed to the cross, only by looking through these can they even see Jesus Christ. All because they exchanged the truth about God for the lies of a man. The created man and his laws are now served by the followers rather than the Creator who died for sin and abolished the law. When the readers of the followers of William Branham, when they read the Old Testament, it is read through the filter of this man who lifted a God of wrath into power. They fail to see the other aspects of God. They do not see His loving grace and His mercy because William Branham avoided the Scriptures that explained the correction that God was giving to his, the children of Israel for serving other gods, like this God of wrath. They do not see the children of Israel groaning in agony while a loving God is watching them. Instead, they see the children of Israel groaning under the punishment of God, but do not see God himself groaning, because he was having to do so. They see a taskmaster beating a slave rather than a loving father correcting his children. The loving God, the one true God, the God of both justice and righteousness, has one requirement. And that requirement is not law. That requirement is love. As God was punishing his children for their iniquity, there is one passage that you will never hear from within the four walls of a cult church. God is speaking through Micah, crying out in love for his children. God says this, O oh my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent you before Moses and Aaron and Miriam. O oh my people, remember what Balak, the king of Moab devised, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come to him with burnt offerings and with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens thousands rivers of oil, Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? 
He has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly before your God? That's Micah 6, verses 3 through 8. People ask why I continue. Seek the truth in sites like this have exposed the prophecies that have failed, which William Branham himself admitted to have failed. His life story has been proven more fiction than fact, and many of the spiritual events that he proclaimed have absolutely nothing to do with God, most of them to support hunting trips. But all of these things are nothing compared to lifting another God into worship. Good, Bible-believing Christian brothers and sisters are tricked into following a different God, and over time are convinced that this new God of wrath is the same God of the Bible. There are many people trapped on the inside that do not know that they are serving a different God. They place their focus upon the Bible above any man, and they ignore the differences between God's, between Branham's God of wrath and the Jesus that they know and love. They see God as the same loving God that sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for their sins. They believe that Christ ascended to the Father, and that He sent His Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them. And they believe that the Holy Spirit will guide them into all truth. It is these people that my heart bleeds for. Many have <clears throat> rejected the truth, exchanging the true knowledge of God for the fictional stories of a man. Once enlightened, their hearts have been hardened to the truth in God's word. Now, serving the God of wrath, they have denied the love and grace that God requires. There's nothing that we can do or say to help these people, and only the hand of God can save them from the fire that they've started bringing down upon themselves. But those that do know God, those that do not serve a God of wrath, those are the ones that need the most love and support. They do not need a Christian beating them over the head with their Bibles. They already know their Bibles. But they are blinded by the spell that this God of wrath has placed upon them. Elect members of the body, deception in the church, has led them into serving a different Jesus. But remember, Matthew 24, 24 says that the false prophets would rise and deceive the very elect if it were possible. It is possible to deceive, but God's children could never be led willfully deceived. Once they realize the deception, and as God's elect, they'll flee from the God of wrath and into the loving arms of Jesus Christ. Remember, immediately after Jesus gave this warning of the false prophet that would rise to deceive, he gave the parable of the ten virgins. All invited, but some had no oil. When the bridegroom came to meet them, the virgins trimmed their lamps, but those without oil went to another source. They did not have oil to begin with. But even more interesting is that not all of these virgins that had the oil were bride. 
Under Jewish custom, this was the bridal party, which included the bride, but also included others. Those that had the oil went into the marriage feast. Those that went away from the body of the others. Those that went away from the body of the others in the bridal party had severed themselves, and the door was shut. This parable is the very best description of a cult that has risen under the name of Christianity. They've severed themselves from other Christians. They've exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And they themselves have began to serve another God. This God usually is the God of wrath. Thank you.